Hey 49ers fans, this is 49ers fangirl Tracy, uh, as always joined by SoCali Steph. I want to give you guys a heads up right off the bat. I am at Levi Stadium because I was up here for Jed York's press conference and Steph is on the road. So we're doing this via our phones. So we are going to apologize in advance if you have any trouble hearing us with anything or if there are any technical difficulties. Um, and if you're listening and you didn't hear something we said, tweet us and we'll make sure to clarify it for you. Um, but we will get started. I will start by wishing Steph a very happy new year. Hi, Tracy. Thank you very much. Just in a good roller coaster already. It, <laughs> a lot of those 49ers, yeah. It but sure we knew has. it was coming in a weird way, right? We did. We did know it was coming in a weird way. Um, I personally was a little bit surprised by the firing of Chip Kelly because, I, you know, as we've talked before in our podcast, this is how bad teams stay bad by firing a coach every year. However, um, if you fire the GM, then unfortunately the coach is probably going to because the GM likes to pick their own coach. And as our friend Jennifer Chan said last night on Twitter, they probably have someone in mind who said they didn't want Chip, I'm assuming. Um, but, you know, I have to say I, I was not happy about that firing. I like Chip Kelly. I've liked covering Chip Kelly. I've enjoyed him in press conferences. And I actually do think Chip is a good coach. And I think normally you've got to give someone more than a year. I think he had a pretty bad roster, but, you know, it is what it is. What's, what's done is done. Yeah, I, coming from the corporate standpoint, you know, I, I think sometimes I put my legal hat on, and I think if I, were, you know, if I were going to hire a GM, I do think that it's the right thing to do to let the GM make all that, those decisions. I think that I, if I were going to be a general manager of anywhere, I want people under me that will follow my instructions, my goals, you know, the company how I see it and structure everybody around me surround myself with strong people who believe in what I'm doing so from that vantage point I totally get why you want to get a GM that gets to make the call on coach because if they're not together then you know the team's not going to work you know in tandem and that I think is a product of what we've seen the last two seasons is the GM has one idea, but the coach still wants to coach. And you can't blame the coach for wanting to coach, because that's their job. But what I kind of gleaned from I mean, from a Jed York uh, press conference today was that that's something that has to change. There's got to be a clear vantage point from one person, and that is how it's going to happen. And in my viewpoint, I do think they have that person in mind. I would not be surprised if they've already had that person lined up and they're just under contract right now. And they already knew that they didn't want Chip under, the, under their, you know, tutelage. They didn't want him in their system. I would not be surprised about that at all. And I think you hit it on the nose. Jed made a real point in that press conference in talking about how important it is for the GM and head coach to get along. He didn't flat out say that that has not been going on, but he did talk about that. And I think I think we do know the GM did not get along with Harbaugh, obviously. Um, we heard rumblings about him not getting along with Chip. I'm not really sure about Tom Sula, but I think that generally was just a mistake and a disaster right from the get-go. So um, I don't know about that. But um, Jed talked about that quite a bit. He mentioned that a number of times it was something he really, really wanted to, you know, get done. So, you know, it was, 
the the press conference, you know, I think it was an interesting press conference. Just at a Facebook Live, someone asked if we thought he was sincere. I do think he's sincere, and you have said this many times. It's just a matter of if he knows how to get it done. So here we are again, and I guess we'll find out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that, you know, he made a few points in there, and he's he basically said, you know, I'm, I am the team owner, and um, you're not going to get rid of me. And, you know, I, I think we had this podcast with um, Ryan Burns, and he made such a good point, is that how do you not, you know, we're fans, and we've been lifelong fans in I Tracy, but, you know, how do you not, as, when you're Jed York, and you're growing up, and on the sidelines, you're with, you know, Eddie and you're, you have Joe Montana and the crux of the 49ers success. How do you not love this team and not want it to win? You know, despite what other people say, I do think that Judge York really wants to um, win. But it's like he's having trouble connecting the fans to himself and, um, and, and understanding that there's whatever it is that he's trying to do, he's just, he's transparent, but transparent in the wrong way. Um, you know, I would really like to see if the leaks could stop. I really think that a lot of them have stopped, but even if it's not Jed who are doing the leaking himself, someone close to him is, and that shows me there's just a lack of leadership all around. I do like Alguito for what it's worth. I think he's a very smart and intelligent um cares about the 49ers. I know he has a lot of passion for the 49ers. I think there's a lot of things the 49ers are doing well. The football field, they're not able to transition those thoughts to, to the two coaches. They need to marry somebody. They need to have that GM marry the perfect coach who understands the football analytics. That has to be a perfect marriage, and it's tough to do, clearly. It is definitely to do. I do want to also second that emotion on Al Guido. I think he is fantastic. So I think they have a fantastic team president. But going back to the leaks, I just think they have to stop. I think the way this was handled, you know, it's one thing if they wanted to put out there that Balky was fired because Balky was fired on Friday. But for the night before the game, for there to be a leak, that Chip Kelly's being fired after the game, it's just inexcusable. And it's just, I think, like you said, it shows lack of leadership. It shows a lack of maturity. To me, it shows a lack of knowing how you properly run a football team. But I just thought that was terrible. I mean, here you are the night before the last game. Don't do that. There's just no reason to do that. And it's just, it's not right. It doesn't, it's not good for the players. It's not for the coach. It makes everybody look bad. And listen, there are only 32 head coaching jobs. There are only 32 GM jobs. The 49ers have money. They should be able to bring good people in. But there are also people that might pause and say, I don't know if I want to work for an organization like that where something goes wrong or I have a disagreement. I mean, coaches and general managers, even the ones that love each other and have a perfect marriage are going to have disagreements. You don't want to think we have a disagreement about something on Tuesday afternoon and by Tuesday night it's leaked out in the national media that we're not getting along and someone's getting fired. You know, that's, I think, the stuff that really has to stop because no matter who you hire and who you bring in, those kind of things distract an organization, take away from what's going on in the football field, and taint an organization. And until those things stops, I don't stop. I don't know that this organization can truly be successful again. Yeah, it's, it's something. I mean, there's something to be said for that, and I, I do think that they are. I do think they are a good organization. I, I, it's, I know it's like smart. 
No, he was not. The 49ers organization and the York family are extremely loyal, and they're looking for loyalists, too. I mean, they want somebody that's going to come in where they can trust, and they can, you know, have every confidence in the world that they're going to do the job, you know, that's going to protect the family and protect the football team. And I think that, you know, that's somewhat hard to find because, you know, in the sense that, you know, I work for a very large corporation, and what I've found and learned over the years is that there's about 10 ways to do something right. So you don't have to be micromanaged into doing it. It's just trusting that person to do it right and knowing that they might do things a little different than you, but it's going to get done. I think that's where, you know, Jared York needs to let go a little. Instead of having too much control over how, well, how are you going to do this and how are you going to do that? Just trust the process. Trust that you put somebody in charge, not it's going to be their job. And I get where he's coming from of wanting to have that good marriage between a GM and a coach. I think for what they're trying to do, it's absolutely necessary. And in, in my viewpoint, I think that the 49ers are going to try to do something that's never been done before, and that's really bringing the analytics to a whole new level in football. And um, I, I really think that they want to be state-of-the-art in that. I think they want to be the, the football team who gets that done. But I think he's looking beyond um, just winning this year. I think he's learned, he wants to become that football team that is, has been, you know, the, when you take it into other sports, like the Spurs and the Warriors, and how they've been able to succeed with certain things, but based on analytics, it really could be state-of-the-art football. And uh, it's just a matter of time when it when that works out. And I think he wants to be the one and he wants to be the best at it. And it's not something that all fans can kind of wrap their, around, their minds around. It's not an easy thing to understand. Analytics are tough. Um, and they're tough because there's there's 22 moving variables as opposed to just 10 on a basketball court. You have a lot of things that have to go right in the right sequencing. So I think he's trying to get there. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting five years. And it might be a lot of losing until he gets it right. But if he and Brock get it right, it's pretty unbelievable. I think that's true. And I think also a big step in getting that right is putting the proper personnel in place. And he's because these things only work if you have the proper personnel and something like we talked about a lot um, this season was how they the 49ers would play well in the first half and then fall apart in the second and second half second I'm sorry their opponents were able to make second half adjustments that the 49ers were not able to make but I don't think the 49ers had the personnel in place like they had a game plan of what the personnel was available and able to do and then they really weren't able to adjust beyond that um, so, and the same thing will go for the analytics is it's going to be the personnel and that is going to be the GM and the coach and the coaching staff and the players. Um, and something that came up in the locker room today that they, they had open locker room, there weren't a ton of players there, but a few people talked about the youth of the team and a little bit of a lack of professionalism because of youth. And Tori Smith said something interesting. He said, you know, that's not just coaching. Every bad kid isn't a product of bad parents. Um, and that is something that I think the Fortnite's also have to do in looking at the personnel they have. And they have young players who need to learn to step it up and who need to learn how to behave during a football season and who need to spend time in the playbook and learning the plays and give that extra 
mile. And, you know, you're only young on a football team for so long because you can be 24 in real life and have a lot of time to make mistakes. But if you're 24 in a football team and this is your third year, it's no longer okay. So a lot of that is also on the players. And I think a lot of the players are going to have to take this off season and think about what they could have done differently and, and how they behave and, you know, how they use social media. You know, I think we've seen a lot of things as you follow players on social media, there's a way to use it and a way not to. And that's maturity too. Um, Absolutely, 100%. And I think in the National Football League, I mean, I've never seen anything different. Um, but most players play the, the number on their back. They're, mm-hmm. That's who they're playing for, their contracts and their family. And so if they win as a group, that's great. And that's wonderful. But most NFL players realize that they have a very short time mm-hmm. in their careers. And so they're looking to make sure that they earn every single penny that they can in that short they play for the numbers on their back. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. We would too if we were in that position. hundred um, percent. And I just, I just think we could. But like at the same time, we have, um, we, we have to realize that in the system of, um, I almost called it Dianetics. <laughs> in the system of um, analytics. You know, you're basically a worker bee, and you sacrifice your plays to make sure that the team, you know, advances past the six. So, you know, that's a lot to learn, too, and it's a lot to, uh, you know, grasp for some players. Some players are just not going to like that in that system. They want to be playmakers. So it's going to be an interesting transition. I think I think it is. Um, but I think, you know, the other side of that, of playing for the, the number and the name on your back is – you have you do have to make the plays and you do have to work with the team or you will not have that number anymore. Um, so right. there's you know there's a side and of I, that and as well. This is how the way the team kind of went this year. I think Jamie Curley was a, an example, prime example of how somebody with no name became mm-hmm. our biggest playmaker of the season because he bought into it. Mm-hmm. And that to me showed, well, you know, this could work. Yeah. And um, it could work. So if somebody with no name can become our biggest playmaker, you know, you can buy it in. Mm-hmm. You can become a real playmaker. And I think that's what it's going to take. You're going to have to sell it to the players. It's going to, they become little worker bees and then they become winners together. And, you know, Joe Staley said something interesting yesterday of how it would be, it's more fun to be on a 13 and 3 team in a divided locker room than on a two and four yeah. team team in a close locker room. And that's, I think an interesting quote and a very good point because winning makes it fun no matter what <laughs> you're going to get along with somebody. Yeah. So, um, it's, uh, it's, gonna, it. <laughs> yeah, nobody, it's not, it's not fun. Losing is definitely not fun as any, let me tell you is as not fun as it is for the fans. I think it is even more not fun for the players who, go play a very dangerous sport in a game in which they're getting beat up week after week. And when you're 2 and 14, it's got to be hard, no matter who you are, to mentally get yourself going to do that. Um, so it's going to be very going to be a lot of changes this offseason. Obviously, we know we're going to have a new GM, a new head coach. We are most likely going to have a new starting quarterback. It's going to be a very different team next year. Um, and maybe that is for the best. Like maybe everybody needs a fresh start. I just feel bad. And this is just like the human side of me. I just feel bad for Chip because I don't really think he got a fair shot. And I don't think he got a fair shot. I don't shake. think so either. I, 
He is. He did They did, and they all said, I mean, to a man, every one of them said that they really, they liked Chip and that they thought he was a great football coach and they learned a lot from him. You know, Tori Smith said, I think he's a great coach and I think he's an even better person. And I think, you know what I also give Chip a lot of credit for? There were a lot of knocks in various areas on him in Philadelphia, and he changed his behavior, and that is not an easy thing to do. Whatever he needed to do to make it work, he really did. Unfortunately, it didn't work, and a lot of that, I think, was beyond his control. But, you know, it's too bad. But you're right. He will pull himself up by the bootstraps. He will get a great college job. He'll get a great assistant job in the NFL. He is a good coach, and I think in the right situation, he can be very successful. So I, I hope that for him. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and sometimes good people fall by the wayside, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, in football. And in life, so, unfortunately. No, you know, and, it, and it's sad, you know, it's, you know, it's sad, but it is what it is. Um, just have to, you know, regroup, and as fans, I think it's going to be a long road for us to fully understand where... 49ers are going to take us, but, you know, we're going to continue to do what we do. We're going to root for the 49ers. <laughs> we are, and, you know, Jed said today, um, I asked him about, you know, what he personally was going to do differently so that we're not next year now firing our first right. coach before season. That. No, that's good. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And one of the things he's, one of the, one of, part of his answer, which wasn't necessarily an answer to the question, but he did answer the question well, but part of his answer was he said, you know, I'm not working to go from two and 14 to eight and eight and nine and seven and say, all right, we did it. We're better now and we're good to go. Like we want to win a championship. And he did admit that it's not realistic to think you can win a Super Bowl every year. But I think, I do think from a fan perspective, if this team went eight and eight next year, Certainly, they would not need. They couldn't stop and be like, "Great, we're eight and eight. We're back to mediocre." But I think it would give people a lot of excitement. Things would be better. Things would certainly be better. But you know, I think we'll see. Do they? They have a lot to prove, and let's see if they. I do right, but you're right. At the end of the day, fans are still fans, and as angry, you get angry and frustrated and upset because you're a fan. So that's not going to change. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be what it's, it's going to be. It's been fun, though. It's been a long season. I feel like it's taken 10 years off. <laughs> I mean, it really has been a long season. I think Melissa Jacobs tweeted, this isn't a press conference, it's a congressional hearing, and it did kind of feel like that. It really did feel like, you know, like you've got some explaining to do, Mr. York. Um, so true. But I do think I do think he's sincere, and I think he means it, so now I guess we just are able, we'll see if, if he can do it. If you can yeah, make it happen. I agree. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go 2017. <laughs> we see you. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Uh, so now I'm going to be all over the draft. I'm already. I'm ready to go. I'm yep. ready to go with my draft Twitter. <laughs> all right. Fantastic. And then Steph and I, Steph, we'll do a video for the draft. We'll, I know. We'll do people are talking about it, too. They wanted us to do another draft preview. So. Oh, don't you worry, guys. We've got you. Maybe we'll do a free agency one, too. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we got you guys. We got you. We'll be with you every step of the way. <laughs> Your support group continues even if the season's over. <laughs> I love it, Tracy. All right, me Lots too. To with you, as always. You too. Happy New Year. Go Niners. Better Thank days you. ahead. Go Niners. <laughs> okay, I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> bye. All right, bye.